Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of the podcast from P-Town. Sorry this one's getting out a little bit late. Um, had some friends over yesterday and uh, didn't get one, didn't get this thing recorded yet, so I'm doing it today. Uh, hope everybody's having a good week. This weather sure has been nice, but we could really use some rain. I hope, or I wonder the what the farmers down around uh, southern Oregon are going to do this year. They just announced this week that they're not going to be basically getting a drop of water for to irrigate their fields and all that. So this comes after they had all spent money planting their fields and uh, everything like that. So that's going to be pretty detrimental to some people's livelihood down there, which is uh, kind of sad to see. I know here in Central Oregon, I think the water is going to be uh, shorted a little bit. And the doesn't, I mean, it looks like we're getting a little bit of precipitation, but you know, we went out yesterday looking for some mushrooms and it's so dry out there already. Usually this time of year, it's kind of muddy and stuff up in the woods, but, uh, it's pretty dry out there right now. Uh, not sure what to talk about in the news much this week. It's kind of just the same old, same old, just the news outlets putting up stories of what's going to get the most attention. I'd read a deal here a year or so ago. There was a guy back in the Midwest. He had been a reporter for 20 or 30 years and he finally he ended up just quitting he said that his news agency that he worked for basically just told him that to just start putting out stories you know without doing the actual total research for it kind of thing and he said you know back when he first started in the news and uh news industry or journalism and whatnot they would to go out and research the stories of this type of thing and that type of thing. And he said the agency that he had last worked for wasn't even really having him do that much anymore. And he said that he got out of it because he couldn't handle putting out stories that he had fully researched and making sure that he was getting the truth out to people. And it seems like that's kind of a lost thing these days um, in the news industry. But anyhow, this week we're going to talk about John Wayne. I'm surprised I haven't thought of this one before because he's probably my favorite actor of all time. But we're going to uh, cover the story about him. And so he was born, his name was Marion Robert Morrison, which I guess we can see why he ended up going with John Wayne. And he was born on May 26th, 1907, and he was born in Winterset, Iowa. And it was said that his middle name was changed from Robert to Michael. Because uh, his parents decided to name their next son Robert. But there's never been any real legal evidence for the change. But I think that I've seen that a couple of times. This is where he was listed as Mary and Michael Morrison. But like I said, there was no legal evidence for that. And kind of as a note to parents, if you use a name for one of your children, even if it is their middle name, that name's kind of off limits for the next uh, children that you end up having. So you might want to think that through if you're planning on having more than one child. Try to think of uh, maybe a few more names. There's a lot more out there than just two. But his father's name was Clyde Leonard Morrison. And his uh, John Wayne's grandfather actually fought in the Civil War. And his mother was a gal by the name of Mary Alberta Brown. But everyone called her Molly. And he came from Scottish, English, and Irish ancestry. And shortly after he was born, they... It ended up moving from Iowa to Palmdale, California, and then in 1916, they moved to Glendale, where his dad got a job as a pharmacist, and that's pretty much where they spent the rest of his growing up years. He was part of the football team there in high school, and as well as the debating team, 
and he was also president of the Latin Society, and he helped out with a school newspaper. He had a sports column that he would write in the school newspaper, so he helped out with that. And in 1924, actually, while he was attending school there, their football team ended up winning the league championships. And by all accounts, he was actually a, a pretty good football player. But he got the nickname Duke from a local fireman who would always call him Little Duke. And it was because when he was going down the street or whatever, he always took his dog with him wherever he would go. I think it was an Airedale Terrier or something like that. And so... Uh, this local fire department that he walked by, one of the firemen would always call him Little Duke. And he preferred the name Duke over Marion, so it kind of stuck with him. Then after high school, he applied to the Navy, but he was turned down uh, for entrance into the Navy. And I didn't actually find out exactly why he was turned down. But he, instead of going in the Navy, then he ended up attending USC. And while he was there, he was studying pre-law. And while, also while he was at USC, he was a member of the Trojan Knights and the Sigma Chi fraternities. And as a side note, I don't think any college fraternity should be allowed to have Trojan in the name. That, um, just my personal opinion on that one. But he played for, a, he played football for USC, but shortly after he, um, got on the team and shortly into his football career, he ended up suffering a broken collarbone. But he got the injury from body surfing, not from football, but he was too scared to tell his coach that he actually broke his collarbone body surfing. So that kind of ended his uh, athletic career. And he ended up, because of this, he ended up losing his, his athletic scholarship and was forced to leave the university because he didn't have really any other funds that were uh, helping him get through college there. But as a favor to his football coach, uh, there's an old actor that everybody probably has heard of, a guy by the name of Tom Mix. Uh, John Wayne's coach had given Tom Mix tickets to the USC games. And so director John Ford and Tom Mix, as a favor to this coach, they hired Wayne as a prop boy and as an extra in some of their films. And John Wayne, he says that he credited a lot of his persona to Wyatt Earp, who he met once because he was friends with Tom Mix. And um, so a lot of the his swagger and his talk and things like that, he credited a lot of that to Wyatt Earp. And I bet that was pretty, pretty cool to actually get to meet him. But he soon started getting bit parts in different shows. And he actually got an uncredited role in Bardley's The Magnificent in 1926. And this kind of seemed to be his first actual role in a movie, although it was an uncredited role. But this was kind of where he started getting his start. Then in 1929, he was working for Fox Film Corporation, and they listed him as Duke Morrison in a show called Words and Music. That was his name in the in the credits. And this was the only time that that name was actually used in the credits of any movie. Then in 1930, he got a starring role in a movie called The Big Trail. And this time, they the director suggested the name Anthony Wayne in the credits. But the studio chief said it sounded too Italian, and so they put the name John Wayne out there, and that's what they obviously ended up going with. And at this time, it was said that he was getting paid $105 per week to do what he was doing there uh, at the movie sets and whatnot. So the way Big Trail was filmed, though, only a handful of theaters could show it. 
it was using a widescreen to show the grandeur of the scenery that was used. A lot of it was filmed, I think, in New Mexico and whatnot. And they actually, I think they said they used 35 millimeter film and 70 millimeter film, and they were wanting to just show the beautiful scenery out there. But a lot of the theaters weren't equipped to project that type of movie. And so there was only a handful of theaters that were able to use it. And it, because of this, it ended up being a commercial failure, um, the movie did. And it didn't work out too well for Wayne either because after this, he was stuck playing small roles in little A pictures for the next few years. They, um, It kind of put his career in a tailspin there for a little bit. But he would end up, while this was all going on, he would end up starring in what they called Poverty Row Westerns which were basically B-list movies created by some of the smaller studios. And I've watched quite a few of these, and they really are B-list movies. They're nothing to uh, shake a stick at, really. But he, in his own estimation, he ended up making over 80 of these films from 1930 to 1939. But then in 1939, he got his big uh, debut, I guess you'd call it, or rebirth or something, with a movie called Stagecoach. And they had a hard time getting the funding for this show because uh, the director that was putting out the movie and Wayne, they were still being known as just B-list uh, or for their B-list movies. And so they had a hard time getting the funding, but they ended up getting it. And they finally got it finally uh, got created or whatnot. And this show was a huge success, as everybody knows. This uh, catapulted Wayne into becoming a Main Street star. And this is where his career kind of really took off after that but then shortly after when the u.s got involved in world war ii wayne he wanted to try to enlist again to fight for his country he really was um patriotic or whatnot and he wanted to try to enlist again to go and fight in world war ii but at the time that pearl harbor was bombed he was 34 and he was not listing as being eligible to draft he was already having a family and that type of thing And he was also, at the time, he was also working for a place called Republic Studios. And they didn't want to lose him since he was their main actor at the time. And they even went so far as to say that they would sue him if he got out of their contract and went into the military. They would sue him for, like, the remainder of what the contract that he had with those guys. So he never actually did end up going. Records do show, though, that Wayne, he had submitted an application to the OSS, and he was accepted. And I think I may have covered this earlier, but basically the OSS was the precursor to the CIA. So they were kind of the secretive um, uh, department or whatever you call it back in those days. But their acceptance letter that they sent to him to uh, tell him that he got approved or whatever, it ended up going to his estranged wife's house at the time. And she never actually told him that she had received the letter. And it'll kind of come back that... um, he didn't have a real good relationship with everybody. So he never actually did get on board with them, but he did do some tours in 1943 and 1944 in the South Pacific with the USO. And the guy that was trying to get him into the OSS or that had accepted him had somehow gotten a hold of them and told him that while he was on tour down there, he wanted them to watch uh, McCarthy and those guys and make sure that they weren't inhibiting the war effort at all. So he was still kind of doing a little bit of, I don't know, undercover stuff for them, I guess, and reporting back to them. But it wasn't really in any official uh, capacity that he was doing that. 
But like I said, he was super patriotic, and he was said to even actually become more patriotic when he was refused entrance into the military. He thought that he should be over there fighting, and so he was going to do everything he could to be patriotic and support that. But it also kind of worked to his detriment because he passed up the opportunity to star in a show called All the King's Men in 1949 because he said the script was too un-American. So I don't know if you'd call that detriment. I mean, he just stuck to what he believed. But in an ironic twist of this also, the guy who ended up taking the role in All the King's Men, he ended up winning an Oscar for that show. And he actually beat out John Wayne, who was nominated for an Oscar in Sansa Iwo Jima. And I've watched that show, and it's actually a really excellent military movie. I like that one a lot. And did I mention that Wayne wasn't the easiest guy to get along with? He, uh, he ended up losing the leading role in The Gunfighter because he refused to work for Columbia Pictures. He said that their chief had treated him wrong years before when he was a younger actor. Um, so he just refused to work with that guy anymore. So the guy that he had a grudge against, his name was uh, Harry Cohen, and he ended up selling the script to 20th Century Fox, and they immediately went out and cast Gregory Peck for it. But he did he did make a lot of shows, like I'd said. Uh, not all of them are westerns. He made a lot of military aviation shows, which seemed to be kind of a big deal with him. He created, uh, or he was in shows like The Flying Tigers, The Flying Leathernecks, Island in the Sky. There's quite a few of them others that he uh was in he also made some what we used to call like city slicker movies where they weren't really westerns either and also uh his famous line pilgrim that he called people the first time he used that term was in 1956 in a movie called the searchers and that kind of became his uh everybody knows him for having said that but with all the shows that he made, he'd never won an Oscar until 1969 for his role in True Grit. There are a lot of other movies that I personally think that he should have gotten nominated for an Oscar for. And me and my buddy, we would we would sit back, especially like in the summertime when we didn't have any school or anything. We'd sit back and watch John Wayne movies for hours and hours on end. We'd try to get our hands on pretty much any of them that we could find. Uh, some of the ones that I like, like True Grit... Rooster Cogburn, The Cowboys, that's an excellent movie. That was one of the first John Wayne movies I think I ever watched. And it also kind of created my disdain for Bruce Dern. I, after, after watching him in that show, the guy always gives me the creeps to watch him act for some reason. But, you know, there was Rio Lobo, there was Big Jake, The War Wagon. He was in that show with Kirk Douglas, and that was an excellent one to watch. I liked that one a lot. And like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of the ones where they weren't a military show or a Western. But there was a show that he uh, played in called The Quiet Man. And I think he was in that one. He was like a boxer from Ireland or something like that. And that really wasn't too bad of a show. But I just I didn't really watch a whole lot of his other ones that weren't Westerns. But his last film that he actually was ever in was The uh, Shootist. And it came out in 1976. It was okay. It wasn't one of my favorites he played a guy that was dying of cancer and showed up in this town and i think that that one and the cowboys are actually the only two films where that he ever acted in where he actually got killed so spoiler alert there if you haven't seen him sorry but 
on the outside of movies, throughout his life, he was a very vocal conservative Republican. And like almost everyone we've covered, he had strong anti-communist views. He grew up in that era, so that was kind of thing. Well, I mean, I, I have strong anti-communist views, but it just seems like back then it was a little bit more out in the open. But although he was a Republican, he did support FDR and Harry S. Truman basically because of their patriotic views, which is kind of nice to see, you know, somebody crossing the, even though he's registered Republican or whatever, kind of crossing the line because he liked what the other side stood for, not just uh, solely vote and party line like a lot of people tend to do. But some of his buddies in the conservative or in the conservative Republican circle, they tried to get him to run for office under their under that party or whatnot. But he didn't think the country would take an actor seriously in the White House. Everybody kind of knew him as what he was and didn't think anybody would ever take him seriously. But ironically, he did end up supporting Ronald Reagan's bid for the governor of California. And then he died because Ronald Reagan became president after he was dead. But anyhow, did I mention that he was hard to get along with? In 1970, in 1971, he did an interview with Playboy magazine. Uh, and this is where all the controversy part starts. And he was asked about race relations by the guy that was interviewing him. And these are his words. These aren't mine. This uh, is all him. But his response to that was, with a lot of blacks, there's quite a bit of resentment along with their descent, and possibly rightfully so. But we can't all of a sudden get down on our knees and turn everything over to the leadership of the blacks. I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. I don't feel we did wrong in taking this great land away from the Indians. Our so-called stealing of this country from them was just a matter of survival. There were great numbers of people who needed new land, and the Indians were selfishly trying to keep it for themselves. And that created a ton of controversy. Not so much back then, actually, but more in recent days. Um, it's created a ton of controversy. I don't personally agree with all those views, but it was something that he said, and you can't just erase those words from history by ignoring what he said but anyway, we'll get into that a little bit more later in the same interview though he they asked his ask his opinion on social programs and i agree with this one a bit more than i do with the previous quote and in this one he said uh in talking about social programs he says i know all about that in the late 20s when i was a sophomore at usc i was a socialist myself but not when i left the average college kid idealistically wishes everybody could have ice cream and cake for every meal, but as he gets older and gives more thought to this and his fellow man's responsibilities, he finds that it can't work out that way, that some people just won't carry their load. He said, I believe in welfare, a welfare work program. I don't think a fellow should just be able to sit on his backside and receive welfare. I'd like to know why well-educated idiots keep apologizing for lazy and complaining people who think the world owes them a living. I'd like to know why they make excuses for cowards who spit in the faces of the police and then run behind the judicial sob sisters. I can't understand these people who carry placards to save the life of some criminal, yet have no thought for the innocent victim. And if I were you, I'd probably stop this podcast right now and go back and re-listen to that again, because that says, um, like it or not, I pretty much agree 
uh, with a lot of what he just said right there. That one's pretty spot on for what we're dealing with today. There's um, not to get too controversial or whatnot, but there's not a shortage of jobs out there. There's a shortage of people that are willing to get off their butt and go help society rather than ended up being a drain on society. My mom actually tried to take my aunt out for lunch on her birthday, and they weren't able to go to one of the favorite restaurants because that restaurant can't get enough people to come in and work when uh, to fill the lunch hour crew. So they end up having to shut down through part of the day because they can't get enough of these lazy people to get off their butt and go get a job. So that, as you can see, I'm a little bit sore about that whole issue. Um, that could get me on a tirade. So we probably better move on from that. But due to his comments, uh, mainly in that first one, twice now, people have wanted to change the name of John Wayne Airport. And that's like I say, that uh, that first uh, quote that I listed out there was uh, the main main one that I think people had a problem with. The most recent time was in 2020 during the George Floyd protest. And that's another issue I probably shouldn't get on to. So we're just going to skirt on past that. But like I said, he uh, he said what he said. You know, it he, you can't take any of that back. It's And when people would, would ask why the name of John Wade Airport had gotten changed, then we'd have to say that, well, it was because of a statement that John Wayne had made back in 1971, which was, uh, to date, 50 years ago. So, anyhow, uh, I don't want to lose the few listeners that I do have, so we're just going to kind of go on past that. So, in his personal life, he was married three times and he was divorced twice. He had four kids with his first wife and three more with his third wife. And his first wife was, um, a Mexican gal, and then his next two wife were from uh, Latin American descent. So he kind of had a thing for them, I guess. But his divorce from his second wife, it was actually very tumultuous. She thought he was having an affair with Gail Russell, who he ended up, it was a gal that he was co-starring in An Angel and the Badman with, which is another great show, by the way. But they both denied uh, that they were having an affair, which obviously, but she didn't believe him. And the night that the movie was wrapped up, there was a normal party for the cast and crew, like they have pretty much for all movies that they end up making. But he ended up coming home late, and his wife was in a drunken rage, and she tried to shoot him when he walked through the door. So, um, there's that. But he did his share of bad stuff, too. Uh, He was known as being a very heavy drinker. People in the movie industry, they knew to shoot his parts before noon because afterwards he was a mean drunk and he was just basically hard to work with in the afternoons, which I kind of like taking a nap in the afternoon. But I remember in one book I read about him, uh, it was kind of a biography about him. He and one of his wives had gone to a party one night and he ended up getting drunk. Then while they're at the party, they end up getting in a fight or something like that. And he ended up dragging her home or dragging her out of the party by her hair. So like I say, he was a great actor, but he wasn't a real nice guy. And he wasn't real easy to get along with. And also throughout his life, he ended up having a few affairs. Um, So there's that. Wives are pretty much extremely close-minded to that. So that uh, wasn't working out for him, which probably could have led to some of his divorce stuff. 
Uh, he was also a Freemason, and he, while he was in there, he actually reached the 32nd degree. I'm not sure how all that works, but I'm pretty sure that's pretty high ranking. I think 33rd degree is uh, the highest rank or something. So, I mean, you got to bite the heads off a lot of chickens to get to that level, I guess. But sadly, uh, the Duke, he ended up dying of stomach cancer on June 11th of 1979. Uh, you know, it was a sad, dark day when that happened. And it was amazing that he ended up dying of stomach cancer, though, because he had gotten lung cancer actually in 1964 and they had to have his left lung totally removed and i think they also removed a few ribs along with it and he had a six pack a day cigarette habit so that probably could have led to a lot of the cancer if you're smoking that much it's uh kind of like you're challenging cancer i had an uncle that died of cancer and he only smoked four packs a day and they said that john wayne smoked six packs a day for years so that's crazy and uh, he was buried in Pacific View Memorial Park Cemetery in Corona Del Mar. And as an interesting last note, uh, I didn't know this, but he was offered to play the um, he was offered by Mel Brooks to play the Waco Kid in 1974 in Blazing Saddles. So I thought that was uh, interesting. I'd never heard that before. But he ended up turning it down, probably for obvious reasons. That really wasn't his type of thing. But um, he ended up turning it down. And so that's all I have for John Wayne. Um, this one ran a little a bit longer. Um, like I said, he's probably my favorite actor of all time. And so um, I was able to put a little bit more into this. And that's pretty much going to do it for this one. Uh, go out there. Hopefully you guys like this one. It was a lot of fun to research and remember back on some of the stuff that I'd uh, learned about him from years ago. Uh, go out and uh, give me any feedback you have on podcast from P-Town on Facebook or P-Town Podcast on Instagram or P-Town Podcast 74 at gmail.com. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks a lot.